the garage with phonetics and brains. How's it going? <laughs> episode one. Oh, good, one. mate. Oh, good. This is the episode pilot. one, we are rolling. Finally, we got there. <laughs> yeah, go on, blimey. That was a lot of setup. Um, <laughs> so, for the listener, I am Brains. I am a crappy DJ. Oh, mate, you, you're, you're being hard on yourself there. You are, you're one of the DJs I rate most of all. That's why I'm doing a podcast with you. And you are? I am phonetics. Um, I, I like to think myself as a as a producer. <laughs> From time to time, you are the jazziest stepper as awarded in the Brains 2020. I am award-winning, award-winning for the jazziest. You know, I, I was thinking about this beforehand, and I feel between us, we're in a pretty good spot to be doing a podcast like this, because I would hazard a guess that there aren't many pairings that would know more about the history of Garage than you and I do. Hey, that's fair to say? I, I, between I your, so. but your, your, your DJing experience and my producing experience and like we've both obviously got an overview of the scene as it is yeah I think, got, we're, I think we're in a good spot mate we shall see we'll, we'll see how it goes we'll, we'll see won't we we'll see over the next hour <laughs> completely completely so, so we'll, we'll, we might as well set some parameters of what this is so this is a show that we are going to be doing sporadically talking about all things garage uh, I am literally coming from within a garage. Uh, Rob's got central heating, apparently, which is which is. Good I, I feel like a massive fraud, to be fair, because you know, being that we've called it, you know, in the garage with with the uh, phonetics and brains, and I'm not sitting in a garage. I feel like I, I don't even have a garage. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I need to fix that, and I. I will look into renting a garage space purely for the purposes of avoiding fraudulent advertising claims. Oh, you can just lie, and I don't think any. <laughs> it was such a godsend this place. Literally, I was when I was looking for this place to live. Um, we was doing a tour of the house, and I'm like, "This is the perfect house. We need to live here." And uh, and they was like, "Oh, and we need to show you the garage quickly." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, oh, that'd be a good place for my man cave to put all of my music stuff. And the guy showing us went, you do know it's already converted into a studio, right? And I was like, oh. no way. Yeah, no that, is, way. that actually happened. And uh, and there was no way I was going to let this place get away from me. And now it's yeah. here, it's mine. It could do with a refurb, um, but it does the job. It does the job for now. Yeah, mate. Oh, you can't grumble at that, can you? Yeah, that is the epitome yeah. of luck. Yeah. So, so, so the the structure we got going today, we we, we said we we're going to have a bit of a just chit chat, talk about what the show is. You've obviously got a banging intro that's already been knocked up. But uh, in fact, let's talk, <laughs> let's just talk about where does that intro come from? <laughs> I got to send a massive shout out to Stu Kettridge because I, I was uh, just kind of messing around the other day, and I was like, I try to come up with ideas with like a little jingle, and I was like, I need somebody who's got that voice to give us a little in the garage. I thought, I know the man. So I sent him a text and he came through with about 10 minutes worth of WhatsApp messages. Just got completely sucked. My phone was just pinging. He was just sending me abuse and all sorts through. Uh, but luckily there was a couple of little snippets in there. And yeah, just kind of whacked a couple of loops together. There's like a, there's a tough jam loop in there. There's one from like a Groove Chronicles track as well. Just mashed loads of stuff up and put some samples from cars and a garage in there. That's why there's a <laughs> car honking and an engine starting. Just thought I'd get topical you know keep it real pretty so, pretty valiant yeah. effort very impressed Rob, definitely <laughs> um so that was so that was Stuart Ketteridge on vocals I was Stuart Ketteridge of Southeast Studios on vocals yeah I thought when I heard it I thought he said yeah mate yeah, he does say he does he goes yeah mate don't he Oh, I thought he yeah. said Yemi, as in the producer Yemi, who is currently... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Have you got Yemi to make us an intro tune? Do you make tunes? Oh, mate. <laughs> he, said, he said all sorts in there. I had to trim a lot of stuff out because it wouldn't have been appropriate for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose that was a little bit how, uh, how my guest appearance went on your, on your most recent album. 
<laughs> but maybe that's a oh, story mate. for a bit later, eh? <laughs> um, okay, so so we we structured this uh, uh, to talk about our three hottest tunes at the moment uh, as the next section. So I think we should jump into into the showdown, the top three showdown, uh, Rob versus Greg. Um, I'm just having a look at what you've chucked in here, and at least one of them was in my kind of shortlist and didn't make it. I will say that oh, much. Interesting. Um, Let's let's bring up bring up your first tune. I can't play it. Can I play it? You know what? I might even actually be able to play it. Let me just uh, have a little butchers for you, because um, I've got these smart decks that let me search. So if we look for this tune right there, so this one it's just come out on Marvelous Records. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think just in the past week or two. All right. Let's let's run it for a bit and uh, and see Wagwan. Why you picked it? This is the jazziest of jazzy stuff. Oh mate, right this is all, this is totally a bit of me. I've noticed there's been a sudden influx of loads of people making really jazzy two step, or is that me? I just recently I've been like, there's loads of people doing jazzy two step. Maybe uh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I like there's, there's... I like to think I've kickstarted something, but I hope so. <laughs> I mean, you know, as soon as you put on Stone Cold by Groove Chronicles from '99. Um, it, it does kind of shoot you out of the water a little bit, um, but I would yes. love to think that you're reinvigorating the sense of putting new instruments into garage and not just a fucking marimba like everyone just did back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I would really hope that you are you're re- regenerating it. I mean, because this guy's new, right? Like, yeah, as far as I know, that's the first thing I've heard from him. The, the question is, did, did he did he just pick up? Rob Phonetics and go, oh, I need to make some of that and come up with this. It's fucking sick. If, if that, like, you know, I'll be, if, he, if he has, I'd be massively flattered. Obviously, I, I have a concern that he's going to steal my thunder. <laughs> let's, uh, let's drop it. We can leave it rolling in the background a little bit quietly there. So, um, so it's interesting. So there's a few things you, I want to pick up on what you said there. So first of all, you said there's been an influx of jazzy, jazzy steppers coming out. So who else is kind of in this vein yeah. for you at the moment? I've, I've noticed I've noticed it recently. There's oh, there's obviously this. Uh, there's a guy called DJ Swagger who's putting out some pretty jazzy stuff. Um, Isco's been doing it on off for a little while. He obviously gets a bit sort of deeper and darker with some of his bits. And then also, spoiler alert, I'm going to mention one of my other selections, which is coming up, uh, is the uh, the new Tough Culture tune, Them Days. That's quite, quite you know it's quite jazzy as well. Step is going. Uh, just to sort of reset, it just seems to have picked up. Um, and I don't know. I was just saying to you, don't I? I don't know, like, I, I don't know if I feel partly responsible because obviously over the past year or so I've been churning out loads of this jazzy two-step. So I'm glad it's a thing. Glad other people are doing it as well. Well, it's kind of like it's been like your next movement, right? I know for for a while you was into your um, kind of Latin-y, pan-pipey sounds, right? You was you had like the windpipes <laughs> going for a while, and, uh, and yeah, and I think... oh, do you know what? I was making. I was making a lot of traps, so I think I was bringing a lot of that stuff kind of across 
into garage arguably did or didn't work i don't know <laughs> it was just a different vibe right but it's like i think i think you've always wanted to bring a new thing to the game and and i think the, yeah. this the, the new kind of jazz sound that's suddenly around i think is is it's it's great it's mature um it's real nice on the ears and it's also got like a club vibe to it it's like yeah, mate yeah. Not just blowing your trumpet because you're because you're my, my boy and all that. Um, <laughs> great work, great work. Here's to no, you. Appreciate you saying that. Appreciate you saying that, mate. No, I mean this this one you got you know playing in the background now like epitomises that perfectly. But in terms of it's got that that the, the drums hit hard. It's got that real sub low sub in it. Uh, but then you've got those kind of melodic musical tones to it as well um, with the brass and that. And it just I think you hit down the head there when you said it's kind of mature. Um, I've heard a couple of people refer to like the jazz step stuff as grown up garage because it's like if you'd played this to a lot of us back in the day when we were like 15, 16, we'd probably just gone, oh, fuck's that. Do you know what I mean? But like now, like mature, you, you t- I think the, 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 the demographic, the, the age range that's listening to garage is vast now. Do you know what I mean? It was probably, I would arguably say a lot younger back in the day. But like if I look at my Spotify statistics, for instance, like my core demographic, like for, for my vibe at least, I can't speak for obviously this tune that's playing now. My core demographic, according to my Spotify stats, is 23 to 44. That's most of the, most of the people that are listening to me are in that age range, whereas I would say probably back in the day, like a lot of, you know, certainly a lot of the like the so solid stuff and like that kind of grimier break, what I call breakbeat garage, the break step, that sort of stuff, probably appeal to younger people. Do you know what I mean? I, I remember being like 13, 14 and being really into like the darker side of things. So I think now you've kind of you, you just got this breadth. You've got different different age range listening to the music, and that kind of enables. Uh, that increases the scope of what you can do with the sound and like it enables us to kind of make this more musical mature sound this this grown-up garage um and fair play to you know bwk because he's, he's fucking smashed it with that one yeah i suppose it should be clear that was big wk project elevate right um bad boy Church. elevate yeah loving it out i don't know, i can't remember records. i can't remember off the top of my head what the ep's called because it's a it's a three or four tracker isn't it mm. Uh, but it's yeah it's all pre- i mean I, I did sit there and like, obviously it's not all uh, that one was my personal preference because subjectively like obviously I, i'm kind of on the jazz you know i love my jazz and i'm on the jazz step thing anyway um the other tracks on there weren't quite as jazzy as that but they were still pretty fucking solid just you know just just real decent productions yeah. nice to hear man oh, well, he's just he's another new face on the scene so i just hope to see a lot more from him this year got a couple of tunes sitting from from him in the inbox that i ain't even listened to yet but that's because it's you haven't even listened to them it's blasphemous no it's not blasphemous what mate. You i got i got you've been, you been too busy setting up the podcast <laughs> you? that's a problem it's my process <laughs> bruv it's like thursdays and fridays before radio that's my music days i get it all set on them two days so if i've blanked you up until that point that's why because i do the same <laughs> every time nothing personal <laughs> at all all right should we move into my first hit on the uh do it I don't even remember. This is the showdown, the the, the top three showdown. So this one, um, I got a gripe with this one mainly because um, it's been timed to work on Spotify. In terms of, it's only two minutes long. There's a DJ that itches my shit. Um, So this one is Higo on the remix. Um, He's remixing Karen Harding and Shifty. And it is called Morning. Let's roll this bad boy. Midnight stories keep me up. I don't want to close the book. In the dark we find ourselves again. When the sun comes up, gotta be the end. Or are we just in Elysium? Standing looking right over the edge. I hear you call. 
absolutely sick. Absolutely sick. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I don't even have words. It's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a big blown. as well, though, right? He's got like, that organ going oh. off, mate. Mate, do you know, I love that you picked this track because Shift Key is my... If I had to pick a new school producer, Shift Key's the pick of a bunch for me. Um, and in terms of... In terms of the guys that's been doing it recently, Higo is right up there. He's fucking smashing it. Yeah, like in terms of the jazzy vibe, what he does with those little those little licks on the keys, just like literally, mate. Like, like, you can see that the hairs, the hairs on my arms are standing up. <laughs> just like, oh, oh, I don't have the words. Right. Yeah, sick. Yeah, sick. Just where's the extended mix, Higo, mate? Where's this? I can't. Do you know what? Do you know? What? I'm gonna uh, obviously, obviously, you and I are gonna kind of sit in different in different sides of the fence with this. I can. I can see what you're saying as somebody who's DJed equally as somebody who makes tunes for a living. Like in terms of the vast, vast majority is consumed via Spotify, all right? So if you're producing something, you've really got to consider how you're arranging a track and you've got to do it so that it's Spotify friendly. And I think progressively what's happening is tracks, the intros are getting cut out or cut right down. Uh, tracks are getting shorter and shorter and that's probably gonna, it's gonna continue to be that way. Like if you listen to my tracks as well, I don't have drum intros anymore because you've got about twenty you've got about twenty seconds to make an impression on these kids mm. like who are listening to music on Spotify. If they skip within the first twenty seconds, then it doesn't count as a stream, you don't get any any benefit from that. Twenty at all. seconds, is that right? is that all you yeah. get? You've got twenty seconds. So that's why like, I, I saw I saw I think it was MJ Cole did like um I think it was an interview with um James Rankin um, from Rankin Audio a couple of years back, and he was talking about how he's now approaching the arrangement of his songs completely differently because he sits down, he writes a track, and he goes, right, how can I have that hit hard immediately so that people don't go, oh, I'm not sitting for a minute of drums and skip it because, like, obviously if they do that, then you're fucked, aren't you? So, yeah, like, like I, I do exactly the same thing now. Like, all my tunes start with something melodic or something like a hook to kind of grip you from the get-go, and obviously that's what Higo's done there, and, you know, you can't, can't really blame him for it, although I appreciate from your perspective when you're trying to fucking cue stuff up and you, you've got like 10 seconds to get everything synced out it's, it's not ideal um no. yeah i don't i mean i don't know i don't know i completely get it i completely get it like you know you've got to make money and it's a new world streaming music streaming is a brave new world like that is sure. I, I can see everyone is more targeting towards sending people to streams and what, what one of the new yeah. trends i've seen is a tune comes out it's on apple music uh these are tidal and Spotify, um, and then if you want to buy it, you can only get it on Beatport. And when you, because Beatport, you charge more when it's exclusives on there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like the model now. It's like either stream it, or if you're a DJ, you spend a little bit extra to get it off of Beatport. And that, I mean, that, it frustrates me because then it means I've got to fuck about jumping between shops. Like Juno Download, I've been saying forever, is my go to. Spent God knows how much money on that site. And that is my one that I will look for everything. Um, that's my personal preference. But it, say it just it, it fucks me over when it's like I can't get it from there. Like you want accessibility, but I mean with that tune, yeah. it's absolutely sick. It's just I'll just make an extended mix, man. I'm sure I bet he's got one lying around somewhere. <laughs> but then he's probably playing that. It out probably himself. is. If you, I mean, I can't say I've looked for it myself because I, I, I'm I'm quite happy. You know, I don't often um, DJ these days, so I'm quite happy to listen to radio edits. But if you if you if you Googled it, is there is there not not one out there? Yeah, I can't. Because that, that does strike me as. 
I can I can see I can see the logic in having like do you remember when I did the the twenty seven months album when I did streaming and extended versions of all of them from an administ- multiple versions of every track um, it can be quite arduous and time consuming for you know a the, the label or the publisher or the, the the publishing admin or the artist if they're doing it themselves so I can only think that perhaps that plays part of it. Um, but I also I suggested maybe just giving Higo a shout direct because as you say he's he's probably got one in his hard drive and I'm sure if you if you gave him a shout he wouldn't mind hooking you up. I should I'm I'm really I'm I'm really am bad at begging for tunes I don't, I just I've, I don't do it anymore I I feel I feel like I a, feel you an up and comer like going please Mr DJ can you give me some music <laughs> um, I, I just I, I I don't know it's what it's something that. I feel sometimes I'm cheeky even for asking as well because I'll buy it if I can. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But then, see, as a producer, that's why I wouldn't mind you asking so much. If you were literally, it's not like you, you don't come across as begging, do you know what I mean? If you were someone who was just pirating everything or, or never buying anything or begging everything free, but I know full well, and, you know, maybe it's because I know you personally, I know you sit there on Fridays going through the whole of the fucking new releases on, on Juno trying to find Literally the best bits. But every single tune on the UK garage all, section. All day Friday. So whoever, whoever your employer is is obviously getting nothing out of you on a Friday. Yeah, <laughs> even, man. Let's not, let's not <laughs> stitch up my day job, mate. <laughs> let's, let's pretend I'm not a corporate whore by, by day, even though that's completely true. But, you know, someone's <laughs> got to pay for the tequila, right? You know? <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that was, uh, that was my pick. Um, it's a solid it's, selection, you know, mate. It's a banging tune, man. I, normally, I like a lot more... Um, I obviously like a lot of heavy stuff. Um, but with that one, it's, it's just beautiful all around. I'm re- it upset me. The main thing that upset me about Higo is how he completely ballsed up the final to the war dubs for uh, Lengoland last year. He was in the final, and he just he shat the bed on the final somehow. Right, the next one, um, I say, this was this is the one that was I had shortlisted. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was the one. I thought it was the one. Yeah, and uh, and, I, and I, I didn't go for it in the end. Um, there it is. Flush. Right, let's rinse this one from the edge. So this, do you want to introduce this one? Uh, this one is Them Days by Tough Culture featuring SG. I believe it's out now on Garage Shared. Getting jazzy again, yeah? You remember them days? I'm dancing all night long. I am so all night long. All night long. You remember them days? I've been dancing all night long. I am so all night long. Calvin Klein and Rapport. Didn't have the pee, so I couldn't really rap more. Ice for mush, Versace, that's bustle. So only warm and dog takes up all sorts. Little bit of this, little bit of that. Little bit of house, little bit of rap, little bit of jungle. Hmm. You know, like that before the iPhones, before the iMacs, before the Facebook, before the light So this is another one made for Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Is that why? Is that? Is that why you didn't pick it? 
Well, you, no. you were there going, I can't, have, I can't have two tracks that are two minutes long. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, every radio show for me is just a complete struggle. Like, I normally have to get, like, between, like, 100 and 150 tunes down to 45 to 50 to fill two hours, right? You've got to think of how I've got to trim through. Sometimes I'm like, I want to play all of this. I can't. There's so much music getting out for you. Um, I had to do yeah. the same process for this. So I shortlisted six. And I thought, I don't want to be too obvious, I thought this was a bit of an obvious pick for me. Because Tough Culture gets so much exposure, I didn't want to just be like, yeah, the one that you'd expect, you know? And I'm glad you picked it, because it still means we get to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's wicked. I, I love it. It's just, it's just the second that came, because I actually, I think it popped up on my release radar last week on Spotify. That, that was kind of how I stumbled across it. And I was in the car. And I, just, I was smiling immediately. I just, it's just got like a feel-good vibe to it. It kind of... It's got sort of tones of like back in the day. It reminds me of kind of some of that locked on stuff, not because it sounds necessarily like it could have been a locked on release, but it just, just something about it kind of reminded me of that. And obviously, like I loved those soulful chords, just just beautiful. And then like, the vocal, like it's, it's just like just a little bit. It's a little bit rough around the edges. It's a little bit cheeky. It's just everything like a garage vocal needs to be. Do you know what I mean? It just the whole thing, the overall texture, traps, floats, just nice, nice. It's, it's a good shout. It's a, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you picked it, mate. And uh, yeah. and yeah, Tough Culture, absolutely smashing it up. I think he's starting to finally get his dues for all of his work that he's been doing over the last few years, for definite. In terms of work rate, I would hazard a guess. I, I don't know if there's anybody in history that's made as many tracks as Tough Culture. I swear, like, I see a new EP from him every week or something. I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he finds time to make all them uh, tunes, man. I, I think there was someone, but he's not making Garage anymore. I think he uh, he, he got cut out of the scene uh, at some point last year, but he, <laughs> it was definitely someone that had a, Controversial. a, higher, a, higher, a higher work rate. We'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. This uh, he, he definitely he slams them out. I'm gutted. I, I used to get like a little tough culture care package every couple of months, and uh, and I must have fallen out of the top tier of uh, of lads that gets that now. But um, it used to be great getting a little email through with latest tough culture bangers kind of thing. Um, you know, he's had a few EPs out on 440, which were really nice. Like he has his element series, and he always tries to kind of he's got his signature sound, but he likes to bend it slightly either way. Um, just to, mixes it up a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he, just, he, he puts yeah. variations on them each time. And it's uh, yeah. just a great producer, great producer. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next one? How long have we been rolling for is the question. Um, right, I've now got to do the awkward... This this is the one thing, the one note from the pilot is the awkward turning around to, to access the mixer does not work for me. Um, <laughs> right, so this one we're going to take from the Edgemont. And who's on this one? It's a lot of people. Um, a lot of people that I don't know. Uh, Crankhead times Mio Flux times Patchy the Rockstar. Um, it's, the, the track's called Hadouken, but there's uh, a tidy little garage producer on the remix uh, known as CB. Hadouken, like Zoopla, 10 man deep and we moving. Cruising, search for ops off the block, then bruise them. Movement, if you want to stand with the man that's gang, don't take piss like we don't do that, and we don't take shit like Vladimir Putin. How do you can? Like Zoopla, 10 man deep and we moving. Cruising, search for ops off the block, then bruise them. 
Movement. If you want to stand with the man, that's gang. Don't take piss like we don't do that. And we don't take shit like Vladimir Putin. Yo, hopping the black on black. Looking like Krillin, my disc, they're spinning. Your man be talking the most like you want that beef, but you're way too skinny. I came through looking for smoke, got the 223 with the big dick on it. If you really want to catch that flame, keep acting the same and I'll happily dead it. This one, I think, is great for two different reasons. CB um, is a very underrated producer. That guy has been putting out tunes over the past couple of years and he makes absolutely slamming two-step. He's got loads of freebies out that are proper banging. Um, and this is like an official remix that he did. The vocals got like lots of things that are a bit nostalgic for me, um, but it's got a nice flow to it. It sounds great. And I like that he's using things like guitars and just unconventional sound in this tune that are quite mature for what it is, going against the harshness of the MC. And it's just like a, and it's a two-step beat that's sick. Like I just, it's got lots of things that I like about it if I think about it and break it down. But generally, I just like the vibe. It's a nice vibe. Yeah, it's a nice vibe, man. I, first, first thing I thought, like, do you know, it's weird because like, we're, we're four tracks in now and... Um, there's been like a lot of kind of soulful bits, do you know what I mean? Because the, the keys on that are like, they're nice, man. They're soulful. Like, like you say, they're kind of in contrast to the MC as well. And, and I like some of the bars in there. I like the Vladimir Putin line. <laughs> gave, gave me a smile there, gave me a smile. It's all, it's all round. It's a pretty solid production. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's vibing. I can, it's a good choice. It's a good choice, Probably, man. C- CB, definitely. I, I want to say one to watch, but you should have been watching him already. But I just I hope we get more from him. I didn't even realise it was a CB remix until uh, Levi Best, El Badman, uh, hit me up on Twitter and was like, this tune's sick. Uh, and then I noticed, oh, it's CB. Um, Badman. So yeah. It's difficult to stay on top of it, man. Like, like, like you said earlier, it's like there's so much, so much material coming out that so much stuff gets lost. You, like, you see it all the time, don't you? Like, you know, how many people do you know put out tunes and then it's just kind of like, just kind of passed. It's, real, it's like it's a fleeting real. moment, like, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. It's become you know? quite disposable, definitely. Um, on the flip side, it gives more people a chance to try making music and putting it out there to be li- listened to like, and to be heard, you know? So this swings around. The difficulty with it is, it, it's, it's difficult because I, I read an article and I was, I was talking to Impact about this last time I was on his show, but I read an article um, about... Spotify and how there's 20,000 uh, new tracks added each day to Spotify, right? So like like you say, it's never been easier to kind of make music and get it out there because effectively anyone can do it. And obviously, you know, you don't need a label. There, there isn't that kind of quality control filter to get through. But equally, because there isn't that quality control filter to get through, there's a whole lot of shit out there. Uh, and in order for t- people to discover you, if you're making good stuff, like you've really got to do some outside the box thinking and marketing, you know. And the difficulty is, I think, for a lot of creative minds, and obviously I don't know CB, so I can't speak for him. But you said like he's, he's underrated; he's not getting the props he deserves. Potentially, like perhaps he has got a great musical head on him, but doesn't have the kind of marketing down to a T. Because to be frank, like to be fair, a lot of the people that I see that get big props aren't necessarily the best producers. They're the people who are good at hitting up social media and like and have that kind of that hype train going. And like, and that's 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 a bigger part of it, arguably, than being able to make good music is unfortunately the sad reality of it. And I think it's always been like that to a degree because that's the nature of the music industry. But I think it's it's accentuated now because of where we're at and how disposable music is, and because. The, the internet just just trades this absolute myriad of you know f- rivers and rivers of music that you've got to kind of wade through to get to the ones you like 
Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the old adage is, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. This is like the, the modified version of that. It's, it's, it's a who you know, yeah. plus your social media game kind of bolted on top of it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, as soon as you figure out TikTok, nowadays you're going to crack it, but I ain't got a bum. Refuse to install that app right now. <laughs> Says you're running the TikTok account because <laughs> I'm not touching it. <laughs> All I seem to see on there is videos of videos of dubiously undressed women doing strange dances and dogs. It's it's mate, just a peculiar like that's if that's algorithm, a, if, it's a, if it's if it's a if it's a true reflection of society, I'm very perplexed. No, it is the algorithm. That is why it's dangerous because they know your demographic and they know that your demographic is into women and dogs, and that is what you're served. It's as simple as that. My missus would not get served. Uh, she might get served videos of dogs, but she wouldn't get served of underdressed women. Like it, it's it, it, that is the thing that they guard the most is the TikTok algorithm is what's worth the money, um, and that's the big thing. You know what? Can't veer it off into a tech podcast. There's a, there's I was going to say, mate, like we're 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 going to start discussion discussing the social dilemma in a minute, aren't we? Like no. boycott Facebook and all that. No, no. You know what? <laughs> I understand that things move on, and if I hate TikTok, I am the grumpy old man yelling at a cloud, and I I refuse to be that man. <laughs> so tick your tops and uh, and do your thing. Right. I need to find the next tune on this list, and it is. Do you mean you need to find? The next tune is the most important one of the lot, isn't it? Like, surely that should be queued up, ready to go. Well, I didn't. I obviously didn't <laughs> do the playlist for your tunes. I did them for mine because I'm completely selfish. So I feel just... part. I feel partly guilty, kind of bringing up this next one, and it seems like a bit of a conflict of interest. But I would be remiss, given that I've got a new album out, if I didn't, you know, feature one of the tracks from a new album. It's not every day you release an album, is it? So I thought I would. Put one up for discussion. I'm just hoping you don't tear it to shreds, otherwise I'm going to look like a right to it. <laughs> ah, this piece of shit. Who made this? All right, do you want to introduce it for me, please? <laughs> uh, this one is Something Special. Uh, it's taken from my new album, Jazz FM, and it's a collaboration with my uh, good buddies, the Final Cut Collective. It's really nice to like be able just to listen to this music because normally when I'm playing it on the show, I'm like banging it in and then queuing the next one up over the top of it. Racing through to the next one, it. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When I play your tunes now, I have people in the chat room on Sub FM saying to me, Oh, you can tell who's coming in now, or like, Oh, you like phonetics has got his sound. But they know <laughs> that as soon as it's a muted trumpet and some jazzy shit coming in, they know he's all over it. Like, you, your signature's there, mate. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool because I think you know I think that's been missing from Garage for a long time, and I think it's partly um, 
that's partly symptomatic of, of the fact that the music industry is like is it like it is. I think we've kind of, you know, like you look back to the turn of the century and you had like Wookie and Artful Dodger and MJ Cole and like you could spot one of their tunes coming from a mile off. And then somehow over the years, like we all kind of, and I've been guilty of it in the past, man, we kind of fell into this trap of being like, what's the next big sound? Like every producer's kind of chasing to try and get themselves heard because like we were just saying a minute ago, it's difficult to kind of stand out. And for a while there, there was like a chunk, there was a time in garage, obviously there were different sounds, but, but people didn't really have their signature sound. I know it's signature sound for fucking years. And it's, it's taken me until now to just go, oh fuck it like i'm gonna do my own thing and and that's kind of ended up with, with the jazz step thing and i'm glad like that's that's nice that's nice feedback from you people have said you know, they can recognize that it's me because that's that's kind of what i was going kind of going for so that's all good man i'm pleased to hear no it's, it's banging mate like I've, i mean i said it to you before like the album is amazing um it, it deserves so much more recognition than it's getting and it's not like, I'm not just blowing smoke out your ass. Last year, album of the year was Sammy Virgie, Spice Up My Life. Like that album, um, it kicks. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, this year, yeah. it can't be beat. Yeah, all right, Sammy. It, it can't be beat for you. You, you. you have the album of the year already, and this one cannot be defeated. Oh. I'm saying that. I'm oh. saying that right now. Stop. Stop. Keep going. You got, Keep going. You got any, <laughs> any stories <laughs> behind this one? How did this one come about? Um, so started with the keys it was um actually what, what started was uh, final cut collective messing around with some chords laid those chords down and like obviously we're in lockdown aren't we so the whole thing was kind of done remotely so i got like a piano loop basically came through excuse me piano loop came through and i, and I basically built most of the track around this piano loop and kind of chopped it up um and then ended up with this track which sounded kind of mj coley um which is probably why it's like do you know what i mean like MJ is one of my biggest inspirations and I kind of wanted to kind of channel that through and then obviously we, we had this kind of beat and, and then it was just a kind of case to get some trumpet on it because you know I love my trumpet and that uh, just to kind of round it off and then in terms of the I don't, I don't know if you saw that video uploaded on um, Instagram the other day but like I've been getting loads of messages might from missed that one. about track types sir you might have missed that one <laughs> I've been getting loads of messages from people asking about the track titles because there's a couple of kind of quirky track titles on there so I did talk about this one because like originally the album obviously the album's called Jazz Step FM but it wasn't original that wasn't the original working title it was originally going to be called Lost Along the Way and like you you're on the promo list so you might have noticed the album being referred to as Lost Along the Way like I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on that the concept for the album originally was it was just going to be a load of tributes to people that like I've known um and and lost during the course of the journey. Almost every track on the album is a tribute to someone I've known that has, that has passed on. Um, and this this is one of them. Um, like we didn't obviously end up going with, with that concept for the album in the end, but like there's there's fragment, like fragments of it left over. And um, so, yeah, that one was um, written with my, my grandfather, my, my maternal grandfather in mind, because uh, like he died when I was quite young, but we were super close and I spent a lot of time with him growing up. And like one of my fondest memories of him was that he would always proudly proclaim to anyone that would listen that one day I was going to be something special. Um, don't think I really lived up to the hype, but like I kind of <laughs> wanted to do a tribute to him. Uh, and, and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe that track can be something special. I don't know. It kind of seemed apt. So uh, th th there was the, the reason for the naming of it. No, but that, that makes sense now because I can see you've got Benito Miguel on there. And then there was the one yeah. with the on ominous older gentleman. Is it like got the tea bag or something? I took the tea towel, got the tea towel. 
got the tea towel, got the tea towel. Yeah, I say got the tea towel was from my other granddad. I had the Mac because I, I lost a, a mate. Um, that was a single last year, and then I had waiting as well. That was a, the, the other single. That was a tribute to a guy I knew that died. I, I, I don't know if I, am I cursed or something. I seem to know a lot of people that die. I was. <laughs> you, you should probably be careful not to not to get too close to me, mate, because it seems to be a bit of a pattern. Uh, I'm just warning you now. We're aptly socially distanced right now. I'm sure we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Cool. Good stuff. Shall we? Uh, shall we move on? Is this going to be the last one? I guess it's the last one. Uh, let me just double check what it was. Right, okay. So, so the first two uh, were quite grown up, and uh, I decided, no, I've got to have a, a real wild card. So this was my wild card choice, and um, I'm kind of hoping you're just going to go, what the fuck is this? Uh, this, <laughs> this is LR Groove, and uh, I see it pop up on Twitter this week. This is a track entitled Silverback, and when I play this tune, I envisage someone like Marvel riding this beat as hard as he can. That's all I'm going to say. Let's uh, take this one in. See, they know how to make an intro. You see that? I can mix that. Ah. <laughs> you see, kids everywhere are reaching for the next file on Spotify already, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> next. <laughs> It comes, it drops, it drops. Just can imagine the fun of playing this at a rave. This is so much fun. I imagine it sounds like upper bed shit over there. <laughs> Easy, Brick. Every now and again, I just like something that's savage, and uh, and that's just the savage yeah, thing. Like yeah. it's um, you know, it's, we, we can't dissect it for its maturity and uh, and grown-up sound. But <laughs> I can I can tell you that, that a wave could go off if that was done correctly. Oh mate, yeah, completely. Absolutely. If I if I heard if I heard that in a rave, I'd be yeah, I'd be hands in the air to that man. I think you know you were saying about the intro as well when it was playing, weren't you? A tune like that with 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 that drop needs an intro. I feel like certain types of music require the intro because it kind of builds that suspense and that tension. By the time that bass line comes in, you are there ready to go. Fuck yes! So it's, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, it's nice. It's nice, but I can see what you mean about Marvel as well. Yeah, mate. I don't. I think I want to drop yeah. this with like so Sonic and Dilemma. Like that's kind of like yeah. a minimal tune, right? And then you could bring this in as the next one. I don't know. I always think of weird shit like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my little wild card. I, I, like I say, I, I like growing up music. I, I felt like I went for like a, a selection of four four two step and on crack. Right? I just wanted the, the complete <laughs> spectrum. Um, we can roll that one out. Well, it would be <laughs> it'd be rude not to with, with you know with that visual behind you. You know, say, amount of Mandy that geezer's on. You know, it, it would only appropriate to have something that's a bit out there, isn't it? He's absolutely <laughs> loving it. Right. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, oh mate, I, I, there's no way I've got that. The, the, the next tune that we need to discuss in a minute, um, there's no way we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna have that to hand, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if you're gonna be able to play it somewhere. Or for YouTube, mate. Oh. Or for YouTube. I mean, I can't. Uh, I probably. Yeah, I've got it. I don't know how well it will come through on my mic. Is that it's gonna be as well as mine? Um, so yeah, so that was the uh, the free for freeze, uh, top three showdown. Who wore it better? Who won? Who uh, who was uh, white and gold? And who was uh, black and blue? Who said Yanni and who said Laurel? Who knows? Um, I feel like in terms of variety, I, I, you definitely took took the biscuit there, didn't you? Like mine, I did look at my selection. I, I was just like, oh, I hope I'm not going to be a disappointment because like all three of mine were kind of. You know, jazz step basically do you know what I mean I don't want to be too predictable because I do like a bass skank out every now and then do you know what I mean but like they were just for me they were three obvious choices and I, I thought to myself do you know what I know Greg I know he's going to pick out something that's a bit rawer so I'm glad you had the wild card at the end there otherwise I would have been completely fucked yeah, well, I, didn't want to I forgot I forgot what I'm looking for actually um, Ooh, all right, let's have so, a look. so the next section okay. while we look at the back of Rob's head we're going into the, the forgotten, forgotten <laughs> gems the forgotten gem section so so Rob and I have been I guess we're what we've been doing garage for many 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 years now many years and many years man yeah, you yeah. kind of I remember you surfacing when you dropped the Fill Me In remix. That's the first thing I remember from you, just out of nowhere. There's another Fill Me In remix, and suddenly there's another guy that knows how to make garage like everyone else, and it sounds great. And that was, back in those days, it was a massive surprise to just see a random new talent pop up. Um, and that was kind of around the forgotten years, the, the years where people like Duncan Powell flourished, where Riddler Records were flourishing, Control S were like two-step kings. Um, and 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 uh, and what was the and solo records was obviously putting lots of stuff out as well at that point. So, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think this whole the forgotten gem section will purely focus on that era, right? But I think for me and you, we want to look at that a couple of times, right? There's there, there's a lot of bangers from that era, you know. In terms of like, and I, I talk I talk with Duncan about this on many occasions, and like we we've both agreed in terms of like our favourite history, our favourite period in garage history is that is that forgotten era or the lost years as I refer to them because I think you know garage went mainstream at the turn of the century and then it kind of fell out of favor because you know as, as these things do things go in circles right and it kind of went so far underground that you had. A sort of what what was left was a real diehard niche hardcore group of fans who wanted garage to kind of keep going uh but were deliberately trying to make stuff that didn't sound as mainstream as it did before and and like you it was such a weird time in music because you had such a variety of sounds within that garage umbrella so you had that, that really kind of a lot of this bumpy 4-4 that people like Artifact, Duncan Powell, Mr. Bumpy, DJ Ski, they were all doing. But then you also kind of had the the emergence of bassline. I mean, that, that was always it was always there up north, like the whole the whole house thing. It kind of came. It, it was always around. You know what I mean? And like and like it around Leeds and Yorkshire. You always had baseline there, but it kind of it started to emerge years before it became mainstream, didn't it? And like it was it was almost like an evolution of speed garage. So you kind of had people like Delinquent and Agent X and the Wide Boys who were kind of bridging a gap between London and the north. So you had that bumpy side, you had that, and then you had people like you say, like Control S, uh, myself, I was making a bit of two step, Golden Child, uh, MJ Cole was always obviously there, and then yeah, I don't know, it was just there were so many talents making such a raft of sounds that like for me, like I've curated. I don't know if you've listened to that playlist I, I was advertising on Spotify, but I curate 
you know, Lost Years playlist on Spotify. Um, and obviously it's, it's, some, it's a lot more limited than I'd like it to be because a lot of the stuff from that era has just disappeared into the ether. It's just not available anywhere. But I found what I could of it and I was listening to it earlier and I was just like, fuck, man, there are some absolute corkers here. And they're tunes that like, if you play them to your average garage fan, they go, what the fuck is this? I've never heard this before. But like, they're absolutely massive. And like, in fact, you've, you, I've seen your selection for what we're going to play after my one. And like, it's, if, you dropped, if you dropped either of these tunes today, they would turn heads. It, the only thing they've got riding against them was that they were produced in like 2004, 2005 when no one gave a fuck, basically. So, um, and on that note, and on that note, I'm going to stop waffling now. <laughs> well, on your forgotten playlist, was there the Robbie T remix of Warren G Regulate? Please tell me that's on there. If it was on Spotify, that would definitely have been on there. But no, it's it's not. I'd almost forgotten about that one. You know, that was that was always a track. I remember being like 15, like when we were listening to Garage and we were all into like Oxide Neutrino and all that. And I remember my mate was absolutely obsessed with Regulate. And I remember him going, someone needs to do like a two-step version of Regulate. And then years later, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. And I texted him one night and I was like, I've done it. I've done it. And then and then Dom signed it for a Ridley release. And yeah, the rest is history, man. Hey, oh yeah, that was my sing-along <laughs> classic, that one, definitely. Oh, I love that tune. My choice. Absolutely kind it. Absolutely <laughs> good man. Good man. All right. So we my choice for this one, week then? was um, my choice for this week was from my my very favourite garage producer of all time, um, the ever versatile and exceptional. Yeah, I like it's big chat. Big chat. There will be. I tell you now because I sat here for about 20 minutes earlier trying to decide which artifact tune to put forward this week, and I put I picked this one. But I could easily have picked four or five other ones. So in future weeks, months, when we're doing this segment, I guarantee there'll be more artifact on there. And I think probably next time I'll draw for one of the random fucking, the ones with the Russian vocals on it, like because he, he did a load of official remixes for Russians. And like, I don't speak Russian, but like, I can tell you now the productions are still absolutely sick. I think the geezer is just flawless. And it's a cry and shame that he's not making Garage anymore because, you know, this, this one's from his... Debut um, EP release on solo recordings from Russia with Dubs Volume 1, which was out in 2004. Um, and it's called Not So Many. And I'm going to shut up and I'm just going to let it play for a minute because it's beautiful. from your own personal collection from my own personal collection this is not available on Spotify or digitally anywhere much to my chagrin and, and you know not not for me not hounding Matt Jam and want to, to make it available digitally I understand from close sources that he is looking into a digital re-release at some point soon so fingers crossed Hi, very jazzy <laughs> expect no less mate Definitely. 
definitely one of my um, go-tos off of this EP when I used to play it. It's a, it's the, it's, it's probably yeah. the track on there, right? It's just, it's sick. Those keys when they come. I think so. Yeah, oh man, it just goes to show as well, like those keys are all just done on a, on a VST that we were all using at the time called Lounge Lizard. Just goes to show that you don't need to go out and spend three and a half grand buying a Fender Rhodes Mark II and reconditioning it to sound good. You just got to know what you're fucking doing with them. And like the geezer, I mean, I said it, I said it earlier, like I just think in terms of technical expertise, as well as creativity, Artifact is just on another level. Like everything he did sounded pretty, even the way he compresses his drums and the way they kind of punch. Do you know what I mean? You hear him in a club, they just fucking punch. And they're like, all right, it's, it's almost like there's, there's shades of Tough Jam in his sound. And obviously that's why Matt Jam picked him up for solo. But like, he just did it on a kind of slightly different wave, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? It was like a modern sound. It was so topical for 2004, 2005. It was this just really clean, bouncy, bumpy, feel good tunes. And like, he was a master of finding these like random little vocal samples. And like, I don't even know where that vocal sample's from, but I'm guessing it was some random spurious disco track from the seventies or something. Do you know what? He, would, he would pick these things out and you'd just be like, ah, oh, like you'd hear the original and be like, how the fuck did he get that garage tune from that sample? But like the keys and I love the bass lines as well. He's got this, that, I don't know what synth he was using for his bass, but it's just so warm and round. And I don't know how much of that's attributable to, to, the, to the mastering process or how much of it's him, but it just, it always just sounded so so fat on a club system. Do you know what I mean? Just, uh, it just pains me. It just pains me if you, if you say to people today, you know, oh, my favorite producers, my favorite garage producers are fat. People go, who? Yeah. What? <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel compelled to educate people. And I'm like, right, okay. Like here's a link to his discography on on YouTube or what's what's there. Yeah, like artifacts. What you saying about his drums? I think the first time I fully appreciated his drums um, was when he released the Justice Justice League tune. Say it to myself. Oh, man. Like the, say, the, say the, it to myself. The drums on yeah, them. Yeah. It kicks, absolutely kicks. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. His, his EP, that one there, was prob. I reckon that was one of the ones. It, it will kind of lead nicely into my next selection. Um, when I come back into garage, I didn't come. I didn't leave garage. When I came back into buying new vinyl in garage in two thousand and four, I went down to Uptown Records. I spent what little money I had on a bundle of tunes, and there was a few solo bits in there. So I imagine this one was in there. Um, but I just come out with this pack of just new score and I'm just like, this is the first time I've bought New Garage and I've really enjoyed playing it. Like, there was just this period of time. Yeah. When when it was going, when Garage was really having this really bad schizophrenic identity crisis and it was splitting off from, um, so you, you had like, you, you stand a boring Garage, Grimes evolving out of that and then dubstep slowly just starting to splinter out and it's having a real bad identity crisis and you don't know what's going on. And you know, some great stuff come out of that splinter. Search and Destroy, was like releasing some stuff that was hovering across genres. Um, Grime still had its its standouts, and um, you know I was young and dumb, and I probably should have paid more attention to Grime, if anything. Um, but I stopped buying Garage because it was just it, it just it wasn't exciting me anymore. And I um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was at that point I was spending a fortune on old school on eBay because before digital was a thing, I was just buying old school after old school. And there was one tune that I heard that pricked up my ears and was like, this is a new garage tune. And uh, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is a new sound. Can you guess what tune that is, Rob? <laughs> it will be the one we'll be listening to just next. Um, 
Go on, show us. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, this is my tune that brought me back to new school, as it were, and I never left since. To be fair, uh, MJ Cole's Buttons, <laughs> and it is a, a vocalist called Shia. I think she's also known as Shia Soul. And this one is called Never Say Never. And nothing's coming out. It's a volume chat. Bosh. Bye. <laughs> DJ's favourite mistake. <laughs> Jazzy again, right? We just, we just yeah. like some <laughs> Belgian beard growing. Can we just? I think we should just rename the, uh, the podcast. No. Jazzy, Jazzy Garage. <laughs> this tune, oh mate, it gets me by the ghoulies. This tune, still to this day. What's that? That's going on 17 years old now, I'd say. Maybe yeah, even 18 yeah. years, and it is still amazing to me. I just it's so happy. Like, here we go. Yeah. It just does all sorts to me I'll forever. What, it's a it's a skill to make a tune that's that happy without being cheesy, isn't it? Um, do you know what I mean? It's it's masterful to be able to do that, and and you know MJ's now that time again. I would say, I would say, I'm going to throw throw a span in the works here. It's one of the very, very few MJ Cole tracks where, if I was hard pushed, had to make a decision, I'd pick a remix of the track over the MJ original. Oh, that's blasphemy! Absolute blasphemy! <laughs> I wouldn't. I would say that often, and there's plenty of tunes I'd say the reverse in where I would absolutely pick the MJ Cole remix over the original, but like the Duncan Powell dub of that that came out on Prolific Dubs was yeah. absolutely sick. Like the percussion. <laughs> I, liked, I liked the way the, 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 the percussion on Duncan's one just kind of skipped. It was so, it was that, those kind of swooshy sounds, wasn't it? And it was skipping and rolling, it just kind of added a little element to it. It's, but it's like, a, yeah, I certainly wouldn't stop. It's a different sort of tune, like it's. Don't get me wrong, I own it. It's a ten-inch vinyl, right? P dubs, I got it. It's a, yeah. like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a sick tune. Like you say, the choppiness, it's got a certain <laughs> bounciness to it. But it, like, you can't beat that tune. I'd like, I, I, I appreciate your opinion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I appreciate your opinion, but you're wrong. Yeah, I'm just gonna, just, uh, you know, get, get, um, deliver my right to say you can stick that up your ass if you wish. Oh, it's just totally your choice, mate. I don't mind. It's um, all good, mate. It's all good. I, I'm not trying to shit on MJ's original because it's it's absolutely wicked, and and uh, you know, same as you, I've got both versions of it, and I've got actually the the prolific. Rec- I don't know if you have got the album, the prolific recordings volume one. Yeah. I actually paid a small fortune to get the CD shipped in from Japan when it came out. I think it's worth about 50 quid or something now. Um, but that's on there. It's like one of the only only places you can get like the, the studio WAV oh, really? um, of that that track. Yeah. And uh, actually that album, like uh, if you if you listen back to that album in one go, like obviously it, the tracks on it weren't recorded to make an album. It was a compilation of tracks that MJ released during those lost years. Um, but actually, if you put them side by side, that album side by side with Sincere and Cut to the Chase, it matches up to the man in terms of the musical quality. That's why it always jarred me when people would talk about like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. Oh, old garage is better. I'd be like, fuck you. Listen to this CD because every track on there is just absolutely slick. And like you could play it at any given point in time in the history of garage and it would set yeah, bad boy. 
uh, Bad Boy and Firing Up. Like you drop those, you drop those in a rave, and people would be going, "What the fuck is this?" Do you know what I mean? Like they, they were sick, and yeah, Never Say Never was one of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it was in the pack of tunes. So I had that one. The other prolific release that he'd done under Box Clever, which was Questions with Sarah Garvey on the vocals. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing tune. And then there was that period where. Um, where Jay Sweet was putting tunes out as well. That's when he started putting a bunch of shit out. And I had, do you remember there was a, a girl band called 411? And he, yep. he'd done a remix of one of their tunes. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I fall, I fall down on my knees. On my knees, it was called. Yeah, yeah, yes. I remember that. I had, that, yeah, yeah. I, that was one of the ones I pulled out of Uptown that day as well, along with them two and probably a couple of solo recordings and would have been the, the Matt Jam Lamont uh, schooling it volume whatever I don't know like yeah all sorts. It was around about that time that I, I really I really really remember taking notice of Delinquent as well because they were hammering out all that spoiled rotten stuff. They did playing around with JC and they did like Ghetto Queen and circles, yeah they were hammering out some sort of is a timeless circles. Tune. Timeless tune. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. sick. Like I, I, that was a tune. When like people, a feather. That was but. One circles was the one. It, it, it was one of their later ones, but I, that was the one I used to show to people and say, "You think new garage is shit? Okay, listen to circles. Bang, like a feather." Yeah, I yeah. think was in that original pack of tunes that I got. That was ah, uh, forgot all about that one. I feel like if you'd if if they'd released like a feather or circles, either one of those tracks, a couple of two three years earlier, those would have been top ten singles. But they like circles particularly because it's it's got that that kind of vocal that sing along vocal that like it just screams that all the ladies are going to love it because it's you know it, it, you you can listen to that like we used to hear it like at the new school like I remember hearing it at like Herbal like um, prolific at the club night and like that tune would just without fail just everyone was singing along it just just a vibe to it man they just nailed it and the weird thing about that is as well if you listen to the original of Circles by Nina Jane like. I don't really know how Delinquent arrived at their remix. Have you ever heard the original version of it? It's so different. It's so different. Like, like you know, I always rate Delinquent. I always thought there was a there was a stroke of genius in there, and I, that 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 remix really um, showcased that. It sounds like we're giving away like a shit ton of uh, of future forgotten gems that we're going to be talking about. Um, <laughs> I think we. I should, I should make a list of these while we're talking, actually, shouldn't I? I've got my pen on my hand. We definitely need to revisit Like a Feather because, my God, I forgot all about that tune. Um, like a Feather, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's come out of the Forgotten Gems era. I didn't even think we'd be talking about it that long, but, wow, it was, a, it was a, an in-depth era, I knew we sure. would. I knew we would. Nostalgic. And it's good. Do you know, it's not a bad thing because there, there are so many people that missed out on that that aren't aware of any of those tunes. And actually, like, if we can push them in that direction those people should be thanking us really because there's a raft of of brilliant stuff there that needs to be heard so it's all good so uh so we'll move on to the next section which we've uh, tentatively titled gassing <laughs> down with the kids uh we're just going to talk about some random random shit is what i've got down as a as a note um i mean i've, I've had uh I've, I've put a talking point down you've got one as well um We'll hit mine first just because it's on the list first. And it was just a funny thing of Garage Garage Nation doing their 24-hour charity stream. I didn't see it. Did you see it by any chance? I caught little bits of it. I can't, I can't say I sat there and watched the whole thing, but I did catch little bits of it. I was seeing people, um, excuse me, DJs sharing links to it on um, social media and that. And I was like, oh, what's this? And checked some bits out. Was it, was, it, um, was it in one location or were they all doing it remotely? 
Uh, as far as I can make out, it looked like it was in one location. Uh, that's from what I saw, from what I saw anyway. But I don't. Fantastic, I, that one, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch the whole thing, so I might have got the wrong end of the stick. I don't know. But, as I say, I only saw a couple of bits. I but. mean, the thing that killed me was like EZ. EZ's obviously done his legendary twenty-four hour streams, right? And he'd done one literally like what a, a week or two before this thing, and uh, and you know. EZ's always going to be in a league of his own. No one can touch what that guy does. Uh, he, he could literally fart into a mic for 24 hours and people would say he's invented a new way to do that. Um, but <laughs> it, it killed me that it was like 24 and Gary Jason's gone, 24? Fuck that, we're doing 48-hour live stream. And the moment that I thought of was in Something About Mary when they're sitting in the car and he picks up the hitchhiker and he goes... Right, I've got, I've got a money-making scheme. You heard the eight-minute abs? Well, listen to this. Seven-minute abs. Right? <laughs> that was them. You heard a 24-hour live stream? Fuck that. 48-hour live stream. Right? <laughs> That's the only thought process I can think that they've gone through when they've done that. Um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. That was, uh, that was all I wanted to bring up about that. There's uh, some... To- Go one better. I think it helps put to put it into perspective as well. When you look at, I mean, obviously, like not, not criticizing Garage Nation for having a, a vast lineup, but in order to kind of manage forty-eight hours, they had a large number of DJs doing slots, which Shit's is understandable, ton, right? Ton. But but it makes you appreciate more so EZ's accomplishment in him being able to do a full twenty-four hour stint on his lonesome because, like, I don't know, man, like to maintain that level of concentration over. You know, and obviously he's he's not in fucking full blown EZ club mode, banging and cutting and switching for that whole twenty four hours, is he? But he's still, you know, he's still EZ for twenty four hours, and that's that's that takes some doing. I, I, like um, I don't know how he's got like a catheter inserted somewhere that's just like gently injecting him with like <laughs> ecstasy or coke or something just to keep him like, <laughs> suddenly charged up, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I don't, even even without DJing, I don't think I could stay awake for twenty four hours these days. <laughs> oh, wait, like for me, like you've been through, sat on the sofa, I'd be tired. Like getting through two hours is enough for me, and that's every fortnight. I've literally got people saying, "Do it every week," and it's like, no, like it takes me like what? Well, it takes me six to eight hours to plan a show, and I've got to stand up for two hours. I need a week off, like, and my missus would be killing yeah, me. Yeah. Imagine I was doing it for 24 hours every week. Fuck. Your missus, you would never missus. You would never missus. You'd never see her. Now, I wonder with, like, in terms of playlisting, in terms of playlisting for that, I I can only assume that he has a vague idea and then just kind of rocks up and just does it on the spot. Because there's no way you could plan out 24 hours. It'd be vast, wouldn't it, the the amount of planning for that? Does he do replays, though? That's the question. If he doesn't do replays... I can't say I've ever sat there and, and watched 24 hours of it. My understanding of it is because uh, I saw after B, uh, after after he did his most recent one, Bido put up a series of tweets. I don't know if you picked up on it. Um, and Bido's one of those people, like, I'm a big fan of Bido's work. He's always been really vocal, isn't he, about um, DJs rinsing the same old tunes. Um, and he, I think he posted up a status on Twitter to the uh, – posted up a status on Twitter. He posted up a tweet to the effect of, I've been to 240 garage raves in the past couple of years and heard the same 20 tunes easy just played 24 hours of new tracks yeah I <laughs> the rest see of you, something about it, that, yeah. it, was, it was to the effect of the rest of you need to fucking sort it out and and like normally i don't if there's anything controversial i don't i, I tend generally tend to veer away from it on social media but i couldn't help but give that a like and a retweet because i was like do you know what 
someone needs to say that shit like do you know what i mean there's enough like you said earlier like you're, you're literally whittling down just to make up your show because there's so much new stuff around so there really isn't much of an excuse for relying on the same 15 20 tracks from 20 years ago no but like like every tune's not gonna be the next like wookie little man you know i could, i get that but there's still a lot of talent out there that needs to be showcased um, and Absolutely. it's good that EZ can do that. He, he is one platform that I'm sure a lot of people are clamoring to because he's got the ears. Like, you can't... Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not like a kind of EZ devotee fangirl, but he, he is the man. Like, you can't match that guy. He's been going forever, and he's got the audience, and he's got the skills. Like, you can't beat him technically um, in terms of being... I, can't, I don't think I've ever heard EZ clang. I'll, t- I'll say that much. Like, I'm yeah. sure people will say they will. I've never heard him playing on vinyl or CDJ once. You know, he's he is the man. But conversely, like the last time I looked at his Nouveau show, he started it with bugging, fucking Dane Bowers. Like, mate, it's 2021. Dane fucking Bowers in 2021 is not a thing. I'm not ever playing that tune ever again, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's a curiously abstract choice. I, I can only, I can only, I can only envision that he's obviously sat there and he's trying to kind of. I can assume that the I'm just speculating completely here because I haven't spoken to him about it, obviously. But is he is he using those old tunes to draw in the guys who like the old stuff to then go here's a new one? Because he generally does that push and pull thing, doesn't he, with it? Like he used to on his Kiss show, where he'd go, I'll play an old one and then I'll and then I'll draw for a new one. And so I can see the logic in doing that. Equally, like he's only got an hour each week, hasn't he? So to waste—I don't want to say waste time because that's that's a bit harsh. Yeah, Dane Bowers, isn't it? But, but to use, like, to... he has different shows. So he has like a garage show, a bass show, and a something. That's else. right. It's... But you can only listen to the—you can only listen to the because he's got like a bass one. Has he got a house one or something? Or Mate, he's got three or four of them, isn't he? He's got three or four of them. Um, but like, and I think that the the free one that everyone's got access to is like an amalgamation of a lot. So it's got like a bit of he has like a twenty minute segment at the end for bass. Yeah, yeah, you have to subscribe to his um, his mix cloud in order to listen to the other ones. So that he's got his new Volve show each week, and then he's got the other two or three that are there. You you can only access those if you pay the subscription fee. I don't know if it's like really? two ninety nine a month or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Have you not seen that? No, no. Oh, I- I thought you knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shows genuinely that I don't listen to him. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very yeah. clever. It's very clever money making exercise in terms of you know substituting the money that you're losing from bookings because obviously you know Geese has gone from being paid however much for a festival to piss off for the past year because yeah. no one's been playing anywhere, have they? So got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird double-edged sword. That whole musicians not making money. There's a lot of people I feel for, but then there's a lot of people where. I feeling schadenfreude because I'm a miserable bastard sometimes, you know? I don't want to see people starve. I don't want to... Like, I lost my job um, as lockdown happened last year. I was out of work for six months, so I can feel it. Um, artists have got it a lot harder than me because I've managed to get back into working for a faceless, horrible corporation, making <laughs> rich, fat bastards money. And, uh, you know, <laughs> my lights are switched on, though. You see all this? This is... Uh, thanks. Thanks, nine to five. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's it's um, it's it, it's a smart thing. If he's if he's if he's got the the mixed cloud, pay for it to listen to it thing. And I didn't even know it was a thing. I, I've got it turned on, so you can subscribe to me and pay me three pound a month if you want. But I don't think I've ever restricted any of my content. Ah, oh, you can do it. You can ex- you can restrict it exclusively to them, so it makes sense. Yeah, I understand now. 
I just I thought yeah. he had special mixed cloud privileges, and now I've just gone through my own thought process of oh no, I could do that as well if I wanted no one to listen to my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying that in terms of the subscription fee to Mixcloud, right? I, I maybe I'm I might be missing something, but even even with a subscription, you can't download from Mixcloud, can you? Because no. I think I would be loath to pay a subscription fee just for access to stream something. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like I feel like Spotify is a bit different, like because you're paying for a raft of music, but like for just for a couple of mixes each week, I think I I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. but I think mate, if I was, that's because we're I was old. Paying. That's why we're we're thinking the old school. If we need to own things and have physical copies, I suppose. Yeah, nowadays it's yeah. all disposable and it's temporary and everything. The internet is ubiquitous. You know, I, we don't think back to a time when I had to use a fucking telephone and listen to the sound of R two D two being raped to be able to connect to the internet. Like nowadays, oh, man. it's broadband always dark, on, right? Those are dark, dark times. Dark <laughs> times, man. <laughs> Yeah, I remember sitting there downloading an MP3 and it'd take about twenty minutes, and then you'd get it and it'd be just complete, complete, complete dog shit, wouldn't it? And then you go, "Fuck it, I'll just go down walls and buy the CD." Was you part of um, <laughs> the leaked direct, direct connect DC plus plus garage secret sharing yeah. gang? <laughs> oh, I wasn't. I, I don't remember being part of a group, but DC plus plus rings about. Was that around the same time of LimeWire and Kazar and all that? that so, I remember so, scoping out a few of those. So LimeWire and, and Kazar were like just um, massive peer to peer sharing. So anyone can upload anything, and then when you search, you find it. DC plus plus, it's like you needed to know the guy, and then you could direct connect. DC stands for direct connect. You direct connect to it. Uh, so, no, no, I never, never, never was involved in that. So in in New School Garage, there was around the 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 forgotten years, there was a few people that were sharing promos when they shouldn't have been, and it was like a few people doing that now. Yeah, well, but that's I a different story. <laughs> well, that's good gossip. But, um, but yeah, I, the, the only tune I managed, the couple of tunes I managed to get um, when I shouldn't have had them, was Proton um, Colors. Do you remember Proton Colors? Proton was a sick producer. Yeah. I was listening to some of his stuff earlier. So I had Proton Colours and a few other Proton bits before they came out because I, I leached right. them off of some guy on Direct Connect. And I got them. Ah, interesting. And then this guy sent me a message the next day going, where are all the tunes you leached off me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you've, you've not, you're not sharing them back. And he started having a go at me because I've like nicked these tunes off him and I'm not contributing. And I'm like, mate, I'll share some vinyl rips. I've got them. And he's like, whatever, like, and I'm like, I promise I'll share some. So I shared some vinyl rips, and he's like, what's all this old shit? Like, he was so disinterested in what I had. Like, all he wanted was, like, new school exclusive, and um, I felt kind of dirty. And I remember doing, um, I did a promo mix, and I included Proton Colours, and then someone that was in the Final Cut crew saw the track list and highlighted that and went, what's going on here, mate? How have you got this tune? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was all it was all very touchy controversial um, controversial man that's one of the reasons i stopped producing as robbie t i mean there was a few there was a few reasons for that but like one of the reasons i stopped producing as robbie t was because i got chatting to this guy on it was back in the windows messenger days i'm pretty sure i used to talk to you on there sometimes as well um i know exactly who it was who did it i know exactly who it was. i'm not going to name him because it wouldn't be very fair but i sent him some stuff that i was working on at the time and it was dog shit. It was absolute <laughs> dog shit. And it wasn't finished. And I sent it to him with a caveat because he was just like, oh, man, I love your tunes. Like, what you got in the pipeline? And I was just like, well, I'll send you this, but it's nowhere near finished to so keep it to yourself. Uh, and actually, 
you remember that that massive bundle of CDs that came out that like people were buying off eBay and sharing oh. around, and it had like three thousand MP3s in it? Yeah. Those 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 unfinished demo versions of tracks that I'd done ended. Some of those ended up on those CDs, and I was like, shit, man! Like, because those CDs, obviously, like. I remember somebody going, yeah, look at these and lending them to me and looking at like what was on there. And I remember going, fuck yeah, this has got like everything on it. The only stuff it had of me on there was this absolute dog shit demos that I'd done. And I thought anybody who's bought those CDs, and I, I bet there were fucking loads of people who did, is going to go, Robbie T, oh, that's a load of wank. I'm not listening to him again. So that was one of the reasons I... That- that was, one, that was one of the reasons why I ditched. Also, because I did so many bootleg mixes as Robbie T. Obviously, I, I got like a bit of a, I got, got some attention doing it, and I got a lot of vinyl releases and that. Um, but it got to a point where like I would write and record an original vocal track, and I, and I remember before I signed "I Want Your Number" to Streets uh, Street Singles with Charma, I remember sending it to him, um, and not not dissing Charma. I got nothing but love love for the guy. Do you know what I mean? I remember him going to me. So who's this track by? And I was like, me. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, but no, who wrote it? And I was like, me. And he was like, no, 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 like you, you remixed it. And I was like, no, I didn't remix it. I wrote it. And like, he couldn't get his head around the fact that I hadn't remixed it because he'd got so used to me doing remixes. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to have to rebrand, start again and push myself as a legit artist rather than someone who just does bootlegs. So that, that, there was the other the flip side to that coin. But uh, yeah. Oh, Charmer, man. I forgot. It's pub trivia for you there. For you there. I miss Charmer, man. I yeah. feel like, and I've said it before. I've said it many times before, man. Like he was the glue that held New School Garage together for a long while. There, do you know what I mean? Like whether whether you liked his, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I used to have arguments with him about his track selection because he'd play stuff, and I'd go, "Mate, what are you doing?" But equally, the guy was driving around the whole of London and going up to some of the northern shops, and he'd do like nine vinyl releases on one day. Like we were literally. I don't know if you if you were anything like me. I was sitting there counting my pennies, waiting for that day to drop when all those vinyl releases yeah, come out, yeah. and then I. Be like right, I'd be like right. Midnight Circus, NJ Cole, like like all the new stuff, and you'd just go and you'd buy it all in one go. And then Charmer obviously fucked off to to the Far East doing his doing his property game. And fair play to him, I don't don't blame him. And there was no one left doing the vinyl thing, and we were all just like, like who am I buying vinyl off? Like what, what's going on? And it was like it, it kind of predated streaming, didn't it? And like yeah, yeah. just left all of us holding our dicks in our hands, really. Yeah, I I, I was unfair to Charmer before I met him. I, I was a bit. I think I was just jealous. I was, straight up, I was jealous. He had all the tunes I didn't have. <laughs> and I met him, I hung out with him, and he's a fucking sound guy. Absolute sound guy. And, yeah, uh, and I felt bad for saying dicky things about him online like a fucking child. Um, Do you know what? I've, I've, got abs- I've got nothing but love for anybody who has as much passion for something as, as Charmer had for Garage. And I feel like, it, you know, we could probably do with a few DJs. Because he was, you know... So, I know he had all those tunes, but he really wasn't in it for himself, was he? He was he was genuinely just trying to spread vibes, and I, and I feel like I feel like that's lost. You know, like the, the whole you're, you're going to hate me for using the word scene, but like the whole there isn't really like uh, that same kind of scene culture in music these days. Not just garage, just in general, is there? But like nah, Charmer was not. old in that sense, in that he kind of wanted to look after people and he kind of wanted to get people heard. And I, I remember him picking up. Do you remember Michael McAvan? remember him picking up on Michael McAvan because he was Australian. And I remember, like, I knew Michael personally, and he was a really nice bloke. He did some tunes. Some of them were decent. Some of them were not so good. All, all respect to Michael. No offence intended. Um, <laughs> but I remember, like, Charmer getting some shit, like, people going, what are you playing that for? And, like, and, I, and I remember him, say, like, having a conversation with him, and he was just like, look, at the moment, Garage is 
London. It's it's just London. Like what we we need people like Michael McAvan. We need people like Sweet Dubs from Germany and Garage Raver from Russia to take the sound global. And he was thinking he was thinking forward back then, like back in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Do you know what I mean? And, um, okay. and now yeah, I'm, got I'm kind of but got Vaden broadcasting on Rinse. That's how fucking forward it is. He's but he's, he, you got you got people from St. Pe- from St. Petersburg broadcasting on a London radio station live stream. Mate, do you know Rus- the, the Russians? The Russians have been on it for time. The Russians have been. I, I was talking to Vaden about this the other day, actually, because like I got into. I can't remember. It was someone tweeted me something about my Lost Years playlist on Spotify, and it was something about one of the Russian tracks I had in there. And I was just like, man, like there was so many more tracks by people like Artifact and Garage Raver. Uh, Altero did some good tunes as well, like, uh, and you could download them all free back in the day as well. Do you know, like, I would, I would go as far as to say, like, Yana K, Tears in the Rain, the Artifact oh. remix of that, is a, is a, is a fucking garage classic, and you could put it on any pure garage or any Ministry of Sound old school CD, and it wouldn't sound out of place, and people would go, that's fucking sick. Do you know, like, the Russians have, they, they've known about garage, and the Germans as well, man. Like, there's, there's a lot of decent German acts. Like, like garage has been global since before it was global. Do you know what I mean? It just kind of needed internet and streaming to, to kind of take it that way and, and kind of really open some doors. And oh, I feel like now you. You, you don't have to. You don't have to rely on going to a club and meeting someone who owns a label anymore. So now those guys have got more of an outlet. It's fucking great, like because you know yeah. they're doing some big stuff still, still all these years later. I mean, I think Yana K. That Yana K. Tears in a rain tune was one that I don't know whether I got that from DC Plus Plus, but I think I definitely. Nah, you, you, I stole it from you, somewhere. You probably artifact. Weirdly, weirdly, considering it was an official remix and it was out on a CD single release, artifact had that available for download from his website which i always thought was peculiar you could download it free from his website just 128 kilobytes version of it it was a shitty sounding mp3 but you could download it i remember thinking at the time that's a bit weird but i don't know what what went on contractually with that tune because if you look up yana k tears in the rain you can get every version of that track apart from the artifact one uh, maybe it's because he was giving it away for free yeah, i don't know probably, yeah. <laughs> I was on Spotify and I was like, I, like, I was like, I get it. I know, like from Russia, the from Russia with Dubs, the solo recordings releases. I was like, I know they're not available digitally. I'm not going to be able to get them on the playlist. I've got to get that Yana K one. I've got to have some artifact on there. Good, I fuck. There's no artifact stuff anywhere. Like, if you um, haven't got it, you're not getting it unless you go on Discord and buy the vinyl. I man. am still getting sent Yana K remixes though, like new music. Really? Literally. So. um there's some label that sent me two Yana K tunes over the past couple of months. Um, and they're in Russian, so I haven't got a... She could be singing about the Holocaust for all I fucking know. I don't know, but she's, <laughs> she's banging on about something. But it's good vibes, and uh, they're, they're new producers that I've not heard of. And I, I remixed... Uh, no, I, I, I put one of the remixes up on the, on the show, and then I got tagged on Instagram by someone that, that must have been part of the label that I've, that I've played it from. And um, and I had to translate what he was saying, but it was something along the lines of, um, it doesn't matter what language you sing in, you know, Garage is alive globally or some shit. Um, and, you know, it was it was good. Like I'm glad like he saw me playing it as a positive thing because it was just a good vibes tune. I always like to make a joke about yeah, everyone sing along because obviously no one's got a clue what she's fucking saying. Um, <laughs> but it, I, I mean, I love I love all that kind of niche shit. Even when you're talking about Germany, in the last show that I did on Sub FM, I played a tune by people out of Berlin. 
um, that were, you know, it was garagey enough and we want to play in it. Like, you know, so there's there's still fresh garage coming out from all over the place. I think... Absolutely, I, man. Uh, I to- you know, I totally agree with that comment about languages as well. I, I was talking to the, to the wife bear recently because, like... You listen to music, right? And you, you listen to it one of two ways. You either listen to it and sit there and really focus on the lyrics and learn the words and sing along to a song. Or if you're anything like me, and it might just be because I make tunes, I don't know. I sit there and I deconstruct a tune, but I could not give two shits about what the words are. Like you could literally, like you say, you could be singing about the Holocaust and I probably wouldn't even fucking notice it, even if it was in English, because I'd be so focused on like what the keys are doing or the bass. Or, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's kind of how it should be really, shouldn't it? I mean, you know? I, I'm the same. I'm definitely a guy that recognises the sound of a song rather than what they're banging on about and I think it's just different ears right like you know I, and it's different audiences as well so you still got to have a yeah. good a good lyrical game um, but then everyone can't be bothered about lyrics otherwise Despacito wouldn't have been the global phenomenon that it is by pre-bubescent yeah, that's fair it's a fair point. Mind you, Spanish is a pretty, pretty widely spoken language, isn't it? You know, it's next to English. It's it's up there. It's up there amongst one of the most yeah, commonly but, spoken languages. So, but Despacito's like, wasn't it like the most viewed tune on YouTube at one point? It's probably something. I think it was fucking like that. bullshit yeah. by BTS that will be up there by now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. You know. well, do you know what? You mentioned BTS is a prime example of it because if you look at K-pop in general, like the structure, like because. Uh, long story short, I'm, I'm, I'm affiliated with this company that does sync licensing and they do um, advertising for A&R for a lot of the Korean labels. And I'm frequently getting emails through from uh, basically from Korean labels who are looking for K-pop um, and also J-pop as well. And their guidance for fulfilling the briefs that, that come through is that you know, you don't have to worry about the Korean bit. They need like a little English hook in there. So if you listen to most K-pop, it will have a few English words in there. You know, like, like Gangnam said, they have a few English words in there so that it can, the, the wider mark to it. And the rest of it will be in Korean and none of us will know what the fuck they're saying. But like that is their formula. It's just like, right, little something for you, little something for, for us. Uh, we'll kind of meet in the middle and just fucking throw money at it and it'll blow up. And, and that audience is fucking mega. Is it you could BTS like... I couldn't even name you one of their tracks, but they're arguably one of the biggest acts in the world right now, right? They're everywhere. You can buy fucking, uh, you can buy dolls of them in Tesco, mate. You can literally buy dolls of them. That's <laughs> mental. That is mental. Fair play to them. Well, like, the most mental part is I could probably name you two BTS songs. That's how embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a full K-pop uh, weeb, um, but I know that Boy With Love is a, is a, is a banger. Um, I know that Dynamite is their first ever English song that was auto-tuned so far into oblivion that it is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I, I love Korean music uh, because of a rhythm game that I play called DJ Max that is out of Korea. Okay. And yeah, yeah, literally like um, it is... There, it's a it's a game full of original tunes that are all made by Korean producers, uh, or mainly by Korean producers, and uh, and it made me appreciate the cheese sound and also just get that kind of a eclectic feel of, of different kinds of music. But if um if you've got if you've got spare time and a PlayStation Four or Five and you fancy trying out DJ Match uh, Respect, I would say that you can also get it on Steam if you're a PC guy. I'll give it. A, um, I'll give it a go for sure. It, it's my absolute favorite. Well, just like look at look at some videos and see how you feel. But it's like it's all about getting the music, getting the beat in time with the music or whatever when you tap the keys. Or that sounds cool, man. Controller. Like for rapper the rapper, absolutely but on a 
kind of thing. Um, mate, honestly, <laughs> the, the, the technical ability you need to do this at like a professional level is you have to have, you have to be naturally gifted, or you can't get there. Like you can practice over and over and get really good. And I'm like, I don't know, I would say I'm between intermediate and advanced, but like the proper fucking idiots will. They're ridiculous. We're so far out of garage right now. Um, it's ridiculous. I want to talk about <laughs> the second talking point on our list. We were, we're only, we was only at the that, second talking point. We started which is, talking about which is more... garage nation. That's what we started at, and I'm talking <laughs> about fucking Korean rhythm action games. See, this was the worry, wasn't it? When we were drafting a little episode structure, was are we going to go off on complete random tangents? And we now know the answer to that is absolutely, absolutely we are. <laughs> so let's talk about the weird phasing bit on the original moving too fast. Right. This is this is yeah, this is a contentious one because you know we were coming up with the episode structure, and I said right, we have to discuss this because it's been pissing me off for the better part of twenty-one years. Um, but my counterpart sat over there in his garage, refuses to acknowledge that it's a thing. So I'll be intrigued, you know, when people listen back to this, if people can contact us and be like, Rob's not mental, it is a thing, I've noticed it too. Right, and, I, and I've written some timings down here just for, for ease of reference. So we're talking about the radio edit here, the commercially available CD single version of Moving Too Fast, which gets played everywhere still to this day. Great tune, by the way. And... By no means am I dissing it when I talk about this this particular issue I have because it's one of my favourite tracks ever. Two minutes fifty four. <laughs> it randomly there's some weird phasing issue and like, I see brains reaching for it on 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 his decks there although he couldn't sort of identify it earlier. Two minutes fifty four. Some weird phasing issue, guys. If you've got headphones on, you'll hear it kind of pan to the right hand side. If you're listening on speakers and you've got it loud, it kind of goes a bit wishy washy, like somebody's. It's, do you remember that White Town track? Uh, was it Woman? Uh, I, I could never be your woman. Do you remember that no, from the nineties? We it was, mate. It was a global success, and it was made by this Japanese guy who was so sick of all the manufactured pristine pop at the time that he recorded this track, and then he got two reel-to-reel tape machines, and he played them back in sync, and then he deliberately stood there with like his finger on one of them, so they would go in and out of phase, so it would sound a little bit weird. Right, that was the whole point of the track. It was like a protest track. And then it ended up, ironically, being a number one in like nine countries and made him probably enough money that he retired very wealthy. Um, the reason I'm talking about that track is because at two minutes, 54 seconds into Moving Too Fast by Artful Dodger, it does something weird like that. Just for about 20 seconds, something like that. Like at three minutes, nine, it goes back to normal. And can anyone explain that to me? Because I've been asking this question for 21 years and no one knows what happened. And Craig V texted me earlier because I asked, I, I, I text Craig V about it. He said, apparently, Mark Hill can't even, um, <laughs> hasn't even got an answer for it. Said it must be something to do with the mastering process. But I've had enough tracks mastered professionally to say with my hand and my heart, I've never known anything like this to come out of the mastering process. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. Right, but, but when when this tune must have come out, I mean, look, uh, I, I imagine I I have memories of being in in cars, smoking stuff I shouldn't have been, probably <laughs> around the age of sixteen or seventeen. So I'm going to guess it was ninety eight, ninety nine. I don't know exactly when it came out. Um, yeah, it probably would have been ninety nine. I think. But like, I, it, let's play the bit. Let's just play the bit for ten seconds. 
and then uh, we can chop in a, a proper version into the live podcast or whatever. Here it is. I think it switched back before that. I can't really hear it too well from here, but yeah, it does. It switches to and fro. Do you know what? Listen, just listening back to that then, man, like, yeah, over 20 years. And there's a lot of the old school, like, I, you've got to respect the roots of where the music comes from, right? I'm not this, I'm not ragging on the old school stuff because there was some absolute monster tracks around. But equally, like a lot of it now, I've heard so much. It's just been rammed down my throat at every club night I've been to for the past God knows how many years and every compilation CD that's come out. I kind of cringe a little bit. Or I'm just, I, I kind of, I'm almost uh, sort of immune to it. Do you know what I mean? But that track, I still get the same feeling from that track as the first time I heard it. I remember the first time I heard that track. You saying about like being in a car. I was in a car. I can't remember where I was going. I think my brother was driving me somewhere. So it was before I was driving. I, thought, I reckon I was, well, if you were 16, I'm a couple of years younger than you. So I'd have been about 14. I reckon it was off the back. You know, uh, Rewind was still big at the time when that track debuted. Because I remember going to one of those terrible under 18 raves at Options in Kingston or Vault. I don't even know what it was called back in those days. I remember going there and I remember it was just as Rewind broke. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever been to a club. I was probably like 13, 14. And I walked in. And I was in about 10 minutes rewind went off and the club just went mental. And it was like at that moment, I kind of fell in love with Garage. I was just like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> right? And rewind was getting, still getting battered like about a year later. And I remember Street Boy on Kiss. I think it was a Sunday night. Street Boy played Rewind. And I remember sat in the car. We were in the petrol station. My brother had gone in to pay for the petrol. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I leaned across, turned Rewind up. I was sitting there. And then Street Boy goes, I'm going to play a new one now from Artful Dodger. And I was like, what, a new one? Like, that tune's still got hype about it. And then he drops fucking Moving Too Fast in. And I was like, holy shit, who are these guys? Like They'd also done What You're Gonna Do, like, not long before as well. I remember just being like, oh, these guys, these guys. And yeah. Um, I mean, and here we are, like, 20, 20 some years later still talking about it the, the version i'm playing there i, I mean I, I i found it frantically off of some compilation album before we started the show so i don't know whether they're fixed whatever you're talking about like it may be the on one of the probably three or four locked on vinyls i've got sitting in there from various collections i've acquired um of the tune will have the phasing on it still but if you've got you said it's on the youtube version right you can still hear it on the YouTube yeah version. Yeah, there's a few versions on YouTube. Like, uh, as I say, I was chatting about it with Craig earlier, and he's messaged me through some links to different versions of it on YouTube that have the phasing issue. So it's it. Like, it's, I swear to God, I'm not making it up. It's a thing. No, I, believe you. I feel like <laughs> I, I, I wish I was thing. hearing it. Like, um, I wish I properly listened we will to it before find we it. came on. So, we will um, find it. We will identify it. And and yeah. And and please, God, if you're listening to the podcast, please just drop us an email and just. Like, just with the title, Rob isn't going mad, because somebody else must have noticed it. <laughs> I, I, I think what you've just done there, Rob, is uh, it's moved us perfectly onto the part of wrapping this up. 
Um, <laughs> uh, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for watching slash listening to Rob and I reminiscing and battling with dubs. Um, if you do want to hit us up, <laughs> please do uh, email us. We are feedback at in the UK garage or one word dot com. You can find us on all the socials using the uh, the user handle at in the UK garage. Yeah, Rob's doing the TikTok definitely. Um. <laughs> I'm going to be setting challenges for people to do dances and all sorts, show their dogs. <laughs> uh, do do the, the 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 artifact skank is what you've got to invent. You've got to invent dances okay. for artifact tunes. That's your challenge. I have to get my dancing cap on, mate. Get choreography. I'm, def- I'm definitely <laughs> too old for it. We need right. So if you would like to also be uh, involved as official choreographer to old school garage <laughs> songs for the show, please also email feedback at intheukgarage.com. And uh, and yeah, this is uh, this has been fun. Thanks. thanks yeah, uh, great, great. I've had a laugh, man. How how can people catch up with you online outside of uh, outside of this? <laughs> Easiest way to track me down is to visit phonetics.co.uk. That's got links to all my socials on there. Although my social handle is Rob Phonetics and everything. That's phonetics spelled P-H-O-N-E-T-I-X. I regularly get called Phoenix. <laughs> and phone and Phonetix is phone the other ticks. one. Phone ticks. I suppose Phonetix is an easy way to remember the spelling, if nothing else. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, if you want to find me, hit me up that way. Uh, my email, my direct email is on my website as well. If you if you want to send me something that you don't want brains seeing, you know, if you want to yeah. send in. So how the fuck did you not hear that phase bit on moving too fast? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, give me a shout. Slide into his DMs with uh, phase <laughs> comments and dick pics. Um, I am available on the Twitters at Mr. Brains. Um, djbrains.com also if you want to listen to you know just me clanging and playing any old shit sometimes <laughs> i play some jazzy steppers um yeah you do mate you know like in terms of in terms of djs around and i'm not just saying this because we're obviously doing a podcast together i mean obviously i'm obliged to anyway but <laughs> even if i wasn't i would be saying like your show is is definitely one of the uh, the more enjoyable shows that i listen to man like, I, I like you always draw for I know I'm going to tune into you and I'm going to hear a, a solid selection of decent new music without fail. And, and that, that counts for a lot for me because, you know, like I was going back to earlier, like not really wanting to hear the same things that I've been hearing for God knows how many years. And I, I know that I can rely on you to kind of feed me. Saves me sitting there browsing through the Juno download charts as well, man. I can just cherry pick this way. That's Much it. easier. So thank you. Thank you for giving up your Fridays for me, mate, because, you know, you do it. me. You do me a treat. <laughs> I destroy my soul so you don't have to. There we go. <laughs> All right. This has been uh, In the UK Garage. Thank you for listening slash watching. And, uh, and hopefully we'll come back post-pilot with uh, something more polished. Please come back with us. <laughs> Otherwise, brain has got stress setting up his garage for nothing. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Later. Get me.
in the garage with Vanetic and Brains. <laughs>